Welcome to The New Thing, the monthly podcast from Humanity and Hope United, where we tell stories brought to life by your generosity. At Humanity and Hope, we're a community of warriors sent here to unleash our goodness on this earth by doing tangible things like feeding the hungry, helping kids go to school, and helping everyone find dignified housing and healthcare. We believe that the story of this world is one of hope, and that hope has a face, and that face is your face. Enjoy our stories from this past month, and better yet, become part of one next month. Hey, Humanity and Hope United family. This is Riley Fuller, president of h and Back for a bonus edition of A New Thing podcast. Last week, we came out with our first podcast ever. Thank you. Huge shout out to Corey Wooten and to Allie Browning for that. Thank you to everybody who listened. That was a huge deal for me personally. So thank you to everybody who made that possible and who listened to it. Here's why we're doing a bonus edition. I've dreamed about a podcast for a very long time, and it's always been about stories, knowing that I've always wanted to tell stories, knowing that I love stories, knowing that stories move my heart, And they're the only thing that can keep my own attention for hours. Knowing that stories work for my friends and my friends, my friends and family, too. (laughs) I do live in Texas now. As the dad of three kids, I'm even more thankful for stories and for their sacred format and the fact that they can keep my kids' attention for a really long time. I can go on and on and on. Anyway, get ready for story time. This is going to be a story time like you had when you were a kid. Um, Expect this story to move your heart because it will. So here we go. Three weeks ago, I spent the day in San Jose, Honduras. While I was in San Jose, I heard one of the most shocking stories I could have ever imagined. Now, taking a step back, I had not intended at all on hearing a shocking story. I had planned on honoring a friend and a coworker, a wonderful man named Ever, who is from San Jose, and helping out another friend named Sean. So Ever works on staff full-time with Humanity and Hope, and he grew up in San Jose. Back then, when he was growing up, the village was rural enough that it qualified for help from World Vision. And as a result of much hard work on his own part, combined with other people also helping to open up some opportunities, specifically in education, ever got a degree and combined it with his own great experience. Uh, So because of Ever and knowing where he came from, uh, the work that he talks about doing with his dad and the coffee fields out there, I'd wanted to visit his hometown for a long time uh, to get to know it, to see it. And also I really wanted to tell his dad what a fine son he had raised. Um, so that was goal number one. Goal number two, and the reason we went up on that particular day, uh, on, on uh, January 13th, I believe it was, maybe 12th, uh, was that on this particular day, I wanted to take my buddy Sean to see a coffee farm for one of the first times for him. Sean runs a nonprofit, an amazing nonprofit called One at a Time, whose goal is to help solve the clean drinking water crisis in the world one family at a time. He has, Sean has a dream of helping coffee farmers in Honduras get clean water. He wants to help around 1,500 families get clean water 
who farm coffee in 2021 alone. That comes on the back of the, the 300, around 300 families. One at a time has already helped, including every family from Remolino, La Corosa, and La Cuchilla, which is why Sean was there on that particular trip. We went up there uh, to, help, to help Sean make a video. He wanted to spread the word about this, this initiative to get clean drinking water for, for people that grow coffee, thinking that, man, isn't it crazy that this amazing commodity coffee drank by people all across the world, that there are people who grow it that don't have what they need. So that's the backdrop of why I was in San Jose that day. San Jose, just so for those of you, obviously probably most of you who haven't been there yet, let me put that caveat in there yet. Let me describe uh, San Jose for you just a little bit. San Jose is a beautiful mountain community probably around 6,000 to 7,000 feet in the Miko Quemado Mountains. San Jose has around 400 families. Uh, it's got some old Spanish-style design with a big Catholic church in the middle and, and a park. The park is full of playground equipment, and it has some old workout equipment put in there by World Vision, too. So... Uh, it's high up in the mountains. The air is crisp. There's coffee everywhere. And things just feel, I don't know, like the Garden of Eden. They just feel beautiful and alive. So Sean and Connor were off filming their video. And I was just wandering around, enjoying my life at that point. I, was, uh, I just got done standing over the edge of the cliff. And I noticed two women looking up at me. And I was standing with my buddy Darwin. And I said, uh, I couldn't understand what they were saying. And I said, do you understand what they're saying? And he said, yeah, <laughs> they're looking up and they, they think they think you might be Jesus. And I said, do you think I should mess with them and tell them uh, I'm here on behalf of my father? You know, Mr. Denny, he, he would always want me to be helping people. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm getting off topic, but we were out there having a great time. Pretty soon, uh, pretty soon after that, I walked back out to the street and met the character of our story today. So this isn't his real name, but for today, we'll call him Carlos. At that point, it was probably about 11, 11.30 in the morning. And uh, first thing I noticed about Carlos was that he was drinking Waro. And Waro is, uh, is basically like moonshine. It's grain alcohol that can typically be bought uh, really cheaply in rural areas. And it gets you real drunk real quick. So uh, Carlos pretty quickly told me that he was 33 years old and he used to be married. He was on his, his bicycle. I asked him what he, he was up to that day and he said that no one could find a job around here in stronger words than that. Um, and then he asked me about the storming of the U.S. Capitol because this was back on uh, the week after that had happened. He asked me about the storming of the U.S. Capitol what I thought about that, uh, did I think that the power transfer of the elections in the U.S. would go smoothly? And what did it feel like to be an American with all this stuff happening? So I answered those questions, and honestly, it I'm really thankful that he asked me those. It's good for me to think about that kind of stuff. And then I asked him what he thought he might do about a job. And that's when he told me that he was thinking about coming to the U.S. in the caravan that was forming around San Pedro at that time. And I asked, I asked Carlos, I said, hey, have you ever 
man, have you ever made that journey before? Do you know anyone who has made that journey before? Because for those of you out there, if you don't know about that journey, I would encourage you to read a book called Enrique's Journey. Um, for those of you who do, if you have friends who have made it or who have tried before, um, gosh, that journey, the people who make it, they typically financially are struggling and that's why they're going on the journey. So they don't have necessarily enough money for transportation or for food. They're typically traveling outside. A lot of times their families, um, and it's just rough. Not only that, there are a lot of people, relatively speaking, making this journey. And it's easy for people who are who are there with bad intentions, honestly, who want to take advantage of other people and take their money. It's easy for them to prey on these migrants, you know, whether those be corrupt officials or, or more likely people who are in, who are in gangs. So anyway, uh, I asked him because the last thing I ever want to do would be for somebody to take that journey and not know what they're in for. I asked him if he had ever known anybody who had taken the journey. And he said that he did, uh, but it didn't matter. That if he stayed, he was going to die. If he stayed in Honduras, he was going to die or have to kill someone. So at that point, I did know that he was drunk. But I also knew that if he thought he was going to die or kill somebody, that he was really, really hurt. So being a person who loves people and especially hurt people and also somebody who loves stories, I asked him what was going on. And, and man, this is just so shocking to me. He lifted up his shirt and there was a gigantic scar. It went from probably a little bit below his belly button up to the middle of his chest. And it did not look surgical. And I also noticed up by his left shoulder and uh, down by his ribs, uh, a few bullet holes. He just started talking. And he said, one day I walked in my home and I saw that my wife was cheating on me. And, you know, I felt betrayed and I was outraged. And I ran to confront the guy because that's, it just came over me. I ran to confront the guy, but he shot me five times. And then he sliced me with his machete. And, and that was the huge mark down the middle of his, his stomach and up through his chest. So it was, you know, the, those details in that story he was, he was drinking. So it probably took 10 to 15 minutes. And, and when it was over, I asked him, you know, what happened in his marriage. And, and, and he said that, uh, unfortunately, his wife had left him and had gone to live with the man who she had cheated on him with that day. And I asked him if he had seen the man again. This is when he told me that the man was his neighbor. So his neighbor had been cheating on him with his wife. His neighbor shot him five times. His neighbor sliced him with a machete. And here was, here was Carlos uh, living next door to him in a world that felt so painful that you know he was drinking water at 11 a.m his mindset on a different country. So I told him I couldn't imagine how hard that must be. I still can't. It still blows my mind. A couple of my friends uh, who we were with took a drink of Carlos's Waro with him. I gave Carlos my number, told him to get a hold of me someday if he felt lonely. And then we went to teach 10 families how to use clean water filters, some new clean water filters that one at a time gave away. 
um, that, you know, right now, obviously a month later and probably for the next decade, uh, according to how they're designed in the lab, those clean filters are going to be working. So that is the story for today. There is more to the story than meets the eye. If I would have just told you Carlos's story, you never would have known that we were there to honor ever. You never would have known that one at a time through my friend Sean gave away 10 filters that day, 300 that week and have plans for 1500 more. I mean, there is life that's going to come from these filters. For me, it would have been easy for me to write off Carlos as a drunk guy, but the truth is that he is a child of God with the story. A friend sent me this quote recently that says, great artists aren't uniquely surrounded by more beautiful stories. They are just paying attention to the beauty of the stories in front of them. And that's what this podcast is all about, keeping you, the listeners, plugged into the goodness and the beauty in the world that exists because of your generosity. These stories don't happen without you. I'm not there in Honduras able to work with Sean and and give away water filters if it's not for you, the people who make this stuff happen. So thank you. There is so much life in what you do. So again, as an update from this story, Ever, I think for most of you, this is your, your introduction to Ever. Ever is an incredible man. He is literally living the life story that we hope that so many of our partners from the rural communities that we work, the H&H works right now, get to live. Ever got a great degree from college. He got great experience before working with Humanity and Hope with another huge international organization that, that I'm sure all of you have heard of. Um, and Ever, through his knowledge in, in agriculture specifically, is employing tens of Hondurans every single day. And after a hurricane hit and nobody has jobs, frankly, that is debatably the biggest need. Um, So there's an update on Ever. Not only is he employing tens of people daily, uh, he's helping people get clean water right now, including in his his own hometown. Sean and One at a a Time, uh, they have an incredible initiative. They have given clean water filters to every community member in Remolino, La Cuchilla, and La Corosa. And again, they have a plan uh, to give away 1,500 more. I will attach the video that we made that day as well as a picture of Connor uh, drinking Carlos's water. And again, to all of you who make these stories possible, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And through all of 2021, we are so excited to do a new thing with you. Well, that's this month's episode of The New Thing. Thanks for joining in. And more importantly, thanks for making those stories come to life. Never forget how important you are. Never forget how powerful your story is. And remember, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive. And then go do it. Because what the world really needs are people who have come alive.